we want to get started so we can be on time today. We're going to have uh, Dr. Johnny Woodson speak to us again. Everybody got his full introduction earlier today. He's, of course, from the University of Nevada School of Medicine. He's going to talk to us about dermatology for those patients with skin of color. Could everybody welcome Dr. Woodson back, please? Thank you very much for uh, having me back this afternoon. Um, again, uh, it's a wonderful meeting, a wonderful venue, and uh, exciting time uh, to see some, uh, some more, I think, uh, wonderful um, clinical slides and uh, hopefully pick up some information of what I've uh, been able to um, share and examined uh, over the last uh, 20 plus years. Um, this is a condition or conditions that I'm going to show you which I can't stress enough that uh, uh, the, the changing populations, the changing uh, uh, ethnicities in a lot of different areas, um, many, many of our colleagues in all fields of medicine um, especially our field of medicine, all of us in here in dermatology, um, are sometimes or a lot of times unable to recognize uh, conditions that um, are, are the same on all six uh, body types, but uh, clinically present uh, very, very differently. And I remember 20-some years ago, as maybe some have heard me mention in uh, meetings, uh, other meetings, but there was um, a, uh, a wonderful uh, dermatopathologist who passed away a number of years ago um, who stood up, I remember, in Palm Springs and uh, uh, Bernie Ackerman said in front of 400 plus dermatologists that it's our duty as uh, individuals, providers in dermatology to recognize uh, skin conditions on all skin types. And that resonated with me 20, for 20 some years now. And so I'm able to be able to share um, conditions uh, that we all see every day, every other day, every other week that um, uh, I hope we'll be able to recognize and be able to treat um, uh, and form uh, excellent uh, differential diagnoses uh, when we see these conditions. Now I mentioned there are some people had mentioned earlier to me, well how can I get in contact with you? Uh, one of the complaints I hear from my staff and patients is that I take about every phone call and look about every email. And, but this is the way it is when you love uh, sharing information and uh, instructing and uh, teaching um, your colleagues. And so this is my email, firsthealthcare at AOL.com. Um, I've given my uh, cell number out to a number of people and if I have no problems whatsoever that if you uh, see something that you would like to just uh, curbside on, please feel free to call me and uh, I'll, I certainly will get back with you. Now, uh, the agenda basically is for us to discuss, uh, as everybody knows about Fitzpatrick skin types, uh, one through six, but we're gonna primarily focus on skin types four through six um, and some unique diseases uh, or presentations of these conditions and also how to recognize and treat and more importantly form differential diagnoses uh, and treat these conditions as well as know when to refer uh, to um, one of your colleagues who may specialize in certain areas. Uh, it's amazing to me and it's very uh, disheartening that a lot of our colleagues will tell a number of patients who are just uh, at a point of you know, very distraught, uh, depressed, and even uh, suicidal, knowing uh, or being told by a number of colleagues or um, other providers that there's no, there's no help for their condition, that their uh, condition is uh, forever uh, lasting, and that it will get worse. And if you can only imagine, think about some of the patients that you may see, uh, some that pop up in my mind, um, uh, a younger uh, African-American um, young lady whose vitiligo was worsening and uh, to the point where she just did not want to leave the house because she was being uh, ridiculed at school, especially with today's time, they're bringing it more to the forefront of bullying and uh, she certainly uh, was uh, being harassed quite a bit. Uh, 
psoriasis. I can't tell you how many patients come in uh, who have been told that your psoriasis cannot be treated and then bring in uh, a pound jar of Benadryl um, or uh, a lot of uh, individuals may give a pound jar of hydrocortisone 1% uh, cream. And that is a very, very uh, disheartening situation to me. If someone chooses not to treat it, then get someone uh, to the individual who enjoys and is dedicated to treating these conditions. Now, one thing, uh, what I like to do, and I basically learned this from um, our colleague and your president, John Nobartolo, and, and uh, it makes you kind of think a little bit more uh, before I go into the condition. But to basically a, a little tweak the, tweak the lectures a little bit more by showing the conditions first and foremost, and just for a few seconds, just think about, have you seen this condition? Uh, are there other conditions associated with what I'm showing you? And then I certainly will go into um, the treatment, pathogenesis, and so on and so forth. But this uh, person, obviously, is a person of color who has uh, multiple depigmented patches. Uh, some are starting to repigment. Some are trichrome in nature, uh, meaning uh, different uh, colorations. This is another uh, individual, uh, type 6 uh, skin. And just uh, look at his face and think about what else may be going on uh, systemically uh, with this individual. Uh, obviously, or to some people, there is something going on when you look at his eyes. This is vitiligo, the first two pictures I just showed. It basically affects up to 2% of our population. 50% uh, of individuals are affected before the ages of uh, 20 years of age. A quarter of the patients, usually before they are 10 years old. Uh, there's no melanin pigmentation in uh, most uh, situations, and these depigmented macules uh, and patches are seen on these patients. Uh, there are a number of theories behind it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, and it's, a, it's a wonderful workup when you do get a, a vitiligo patient, as I've said uh, very comfortably to quite a few people, who have, uh, have come in for treatment and have been told that there is no treatment for their condition, uh, I can quite comfortably say that there is treatment for your condition. And in most cases, we can bring the color back uh, if, if that is what they choose. But um, the theory is a number uh, of theories. Abnormal neurogenic stimulus, uh, genetic melanocyte defects are seen, enzymatic self-destruction, melanocyte growth factor deficiency, as well as other autoimmune mechanisms are involved. There is a familial incidence up to a third, uh, seen in a third of these patients. Thyroid disease is heavily involved, Addison's disease, as well as GI issues, uh, pernicious anemia, and diabetes, uh, to name a few. Uh, common comorbidities, which we all need to be aware of, are, you can see, halo nevine, uh, alopecia areata, and ocular abnormalities. Uh, one thing to always remember when you see these halo nevi is to monitor them um, unless you feel that there is an unusual looking pigmented nevus uh, in the depigmented area that you feel is changing. I highly recommend uh, biopsying because there is a low percentage uh, chance that that changing nevus uh, in the halo could be turning into a melanoma, which I have seen a number of times over the years. Treatment options include a number of treatments, which uh, um, the field of treatment in vitiligo is changing rapidly over the last several years, but the standard treatment over the years has been PUVA, topical or systemic, uh, corticosteroids, uh, topically or intralesionally, um, and I want, I want to bring up uh, something that I bring up to everybody uh, that, remember, if you didn't write it, if you didn't type it, if you didn't tape it and it's in print, and it's not in print, it didn't happen. And I've seen a number of lawsuits uh, brought against our colleagues um, because of the uh, steroid atrophy that could develop, uh, Cushing's, diabetes development, and uh, other uh, endocrine uh, problems develop. Uh, 
maybe you have seen patients. Uh, to me, it's kind of like a dark comedy, but a patient will come in and say, you know, this has helped me in some areas. Uh, can you give me six more refills of this uh, large tube of Ultravate? And they'll give you a class one super potent topical steroid, uh, which uh, basically looks like a, um, a semi-trailer has run over it multiple times to get that last little smidgen of medic medication out. And it's amazing how many uh, individuals will just write uh, for these prescriptions. And I guess my pet peeve about a number of these mega billion dollar pharmacies now is the 90 day supply. Uh, it's, it's like it's a lot less expensive, but again, you may be able to write for 60 days or 90 days, but I stress again, times two weeks. Put it down. Uh, other treatment options, narrow band UVB, which uh, is 311 nanometers, which is more of a uh, question on examinations. The eczema laser, uh, 308 nanometer uh, energy levels, which uh, basically uh, have shown success uh, for a number of patients in smaller areas. And calcineurin inhibitors, uh, a recent uh, study came out this past year showing that uh, uh, some calcineurin uh, inhibitors have shown, uh, uh, have, uh, patients have had better results than using uh, classical superpotent topical steroids. Uh, now, this patient here, violaceous plaques and papules um, on an extremity, and uh, that little uh, nevus here is just the, it's a little blue nevus here, but the main picture obviously are these violaceous papules and plaques. This is lichen planus, LP, usually occurring in 30 to 60 year olds, first time um, uh, experience with it. Females uh, usually uh, experience this condition more so than males. The hypertrophic type, uh, which I just showed, is seen more in type six skin, um, and that's something that, that you will see, the difference of lichen planus uh, among different uh, ethnicities. It's usually flat-topped, violaceous papules. You can see the white lines, known as Wickham stria, uh, especially on the wrist, the flexor areas, uh, also the lumbar areas, eyelids, glands, penis, uh, mouth, uh, which uh, you will see Wickham stria in at least 60%, but again, not 100% is seen for uh, all these clinical signs. And also, uh, pterygium can be seen uh, on, the nail, uh, on the nails. Medications notoriously associated with LP or lichen planus are the ACE inhibitors, antimalarials, which we probably all use quite a bit if you treat uh, lupus as well as other conditions like LP, uh, diuretics, and uh, one thing to definitely test for when you see a patient with this condition uh, are certain infections, such as hepatitis C. Uh, certain chemicals, cell-mediated cytotoxic immune reactions, HLA-associated genetic susceptibility is associated with uh, individuals with this condition. Again, different variants are the hypertrophic type, the follicular, vesicular, and even ulcerative type uh, is seen in LP. There are a couple syndromes, uh, which uh, if you see several of these conditions on the individual, uh, the Gram-Little syndrome, you can have the follicular papules, mucous membrane involvement, as well as cicatricial or scarring alopecia is seen. Uh, differential diagnosis, uh, which you need to consider, are DLE, discoid lupus erythematosus, psoriasis, PR, pityriasis rosea, graft versus host disease, uh, Bowen's disease, lichen simplex chronicus, and uh, KS, Kaposi's, or uh, Kaposi's sarcoma. It's amazing how many patients are referred uh, when you have a patient who has psoriasis and a patient of color, and they are referring them uh, to see if they have uh, KS, if they have mycosis fungoides, when truly it is psoriasis. I just uh, was speaking with one of our colleagues after the last lecture, and um, as I remember, she uh, had been in the uh, bone marrow or uh, marrow uh, division in one of the institutions. And what we used to see, and usually when I get referrals from the HEMOC 
divisions. Uh, it's usually be, uh, secondary, the graft versus host disease is developed, and it's usually secondary to their uh, transplantation. Uh, corticosteroids or glucocorticosteroids are used as treatment, usually to calm down the very paritic nature, uh, nature of this condition topically, or intralesional um, uh, injections, uh, usually low dose, uh, 2.5 to 3 milligrams uh, uh, per milliliter. And again, I can't stress enough, uh, I was uh, mentioning earlier about a, a meeting I was speaking at, uh, a, an internal medicine society, and it happened to be on psoriasis, and uh, I asked who in this room uh, sees psoriasis, and 40-some um, uh, providers raised their hands. And then I said, how is it treated, or how do you treat it? And I had to stop after, uh, after seven uh, individuals said all in a row, because my heart was getting weak, uh, the Kinolog 40 milligram IM injections to each patient. Uh, I had to politely say that uh, you could possibly kill the person. There was one young man who was 28. Uh, he actually, uh, somebody had actually injected or got 13 injections of Kinolog 40 uh, milligrams uh, IM uh, into bilateral hips over a period of 12 months. This 28-year-old gentleman, uh, basically his hips dissolved. Uh, bilateral aseptic necrosis uh, beyond the out-of-control diabetes and uh, Cushing's and other endocrine problems that developed. So again, I mentioned intralesional and not IM. Cyclosporin, as I said earlier, this is a, can be a wonderful medication, but it's something I respect. And if you're gonna use certain types of medications, Anything that we use, the best advice that I ever, some of the best advice I ever received uh, was that if you're going to use certain medications, then familiarize yourself with the potential adverse events. It may happen very infrequently, but when it does happen, you certainly will be able to recognize it and head it off uh, later on down the line. Uh, Tacrolimus uh, solutions for the severe oral type is used. Uh, and again, cyclosporin, five milligrams per kilogram per day is what we usually use in dermatology, which is higher than actually what the transplant surgeons use. Acetretin can work well for a number of these patients, one milligram per kilogram per day, as well as PUVA. Uh, the one thing you need to be concerned with with acetretin, definitely uh, make sure that, uh, the, um, that the triglyceride levels are checked, as well as LFTs. Uh, and as far as cyclosporin goes, uh, definitely have the patient have their blood pressure checked uh, frequently, as well as what people seem to forget is that if you do have a patient on cyclosporin and they come in complaining about, well, my hands are jittery, uh, you know, they've been uh, trembling, I've been trembling, you should check a magnesium level because usually cyclosporin will take down the magnesium levels and when they go down, that's when you can have full onset seizures uh, as, as well as uh, that's usually a forewarning uh, situation. Uh, mycophenolate, mofetel, uh, noxaparin, which is a heparin uh, analog, low dose, has anti-proliferative properties um, and as well as dap, uh, dapsone can be used for the treatment of uh, LP. This young man, presented with, um, it's hard to see here, but obviously some dyschromia, some hyperpigmented uh, papules, uh, macules, and even plaques. And this is closer, uh, papulosquamous, uh, scaling papules and plaques, um, hyperpigmented, some violaceous in nature. This is pityriasis versicolor. Uh, again, papulosquamous, meaning that you can feel it. There's some scaling, and in a lot of cases, uh, uh, macular, where you just cannot feel the texture. Usually, it's grayish-brown or violaceous, uh, hyperpigmented with scaling patches. Uh, we seem to be getting away from a lot of the, the tests because of insurance issues, but I highly recommend sharing and teaching with others and passing on the, uh, what we still should be doing as far as uh, obtaining a little scale and looking for those, as we used to call it, and still call it uh, spaghetti and meatballs, but the, uh, um, basically not getting away from the KOHs and looking 
uh, at the, uh, for um, uh, cultures. Follicular or hyperpigmented papules are also seen. Um, underlying uh, culprits, pityriasis ovale, such as pityriasis obiculare, malesthesia fervor, among others. Uh, basically, tyrosinase is inhibited in the melanocytes, so you can get uh, the hypopigmentation or the color changes. Differential diagnosis, you need to consider seborrheic dermatitis, as well as PR, pityriasis rosea, uh, as well as syphilis, which is making a comeback in a number of areas in the United States. Um, as far as treatment, the standard uh, treatment has been for many, many years to use selenium sulfide, 2.5% uh, solution. But ketoconazole uh, shampoo, as well as ketoconazole 200 milligrams uh, Q day uh, for one to two weeks, or 400 milligrams uh, Q day uh, one time only, and then have the person get on the treadmill or go out and run and uh, create a, uh, a perspiration for it to get in through the pores. This person presented with some violaceous papules and plaques in the periorbital area. Also some hypopigmentation is seen here uh, on this uh, uh, female of color. And this young lady presented with this erythematous uh, or inflamed uh, plaque on her nasal area, as you can see also there's involvement uh, around the lower lip. And also, this can fool many people, but there are 26 types of this condition, or subtypes of this condition. If you saw this, this is uh, dyschromia, hypopigmented, as well as some hyperpigmented areas, as well as some violaceous uh, areas, which you can see which means that it's inflamed on a person of color, but this is, these are all the same condition, just seen uh, in different forms, but this is sarcoidosis. It's a chronic granulomatous inflammation. You can have brown violaceous plaques, nodules, usually on the face, trunk, or extremities. You need to be aware of uh, many of these individuals can develop or have hilar pulmonary lymphadenopathy, erythema nodosum. It's a very, very, uh, uh, interesting uh, condition once you see enodosum to work up, uh, but this is also associated with sarcoidosis as well as having a good eye exam. Uh, I would certainly be sharing this patient with ophthalmology because these patients can uh, develop uveitis. I mentioned uh, syndromes uh, before. There's a syndrome or several syndromes associated with sarcoidosis. Sjogren's syndrome, where you can have erythema nodosum as well as arthritis. Hereford syndrome, where you can have fever, parotid enlargement, uveitis, as well as facial nerve palsy. One of my favorite comedians uh, of all time, which you probably know, passed away uh, several years ago of this uh, condition, and one thing he wanted to do was get the word out about it so there can be more research and people be more aware of it, uh, but the uh, famous and very funny um, uh, uh, Bernie Mac. Uh, passed away from this condition. Uh, histologically, if you look at slides or like some of the pathology companies will actually uh, send you um, what they see, obviously photographs of what they're seeing, um, but you will see epithelioid cells, giant cells, as well as lymphocytes uh, combined called naked tubercles, and you see asteroid bodies which you can see in a number of different conditions. The uh, epithelioid cells, as well as checking for angiotensin, uh, serum angiotensin converting enzyme, uh, should be looked for. These individuals can have hypergammaglobulinemia, as well as hypercalcemia. As far as treatment goes, the standard treatment has been high levels of systemic uh, steroids. Uh, I don't know if anybody um, was watching Bernie Mac as the show went on, but he sounded more hoarse. Uh, as time went on, and he certainly was putting on more weight, which he was on uh, heavy doses of systemic steroids, uh, as well uh, as he had uh, hilar lymphadenopathy, as well as pulmonary problems. Plaquenil uh, antimalarials are used, which um, I certainly use in, with a number of my patients. The one thing I think a lot of people forget, if you use Plaquenil or antimalarials, you should stress uh, eye examinations. 
Uh, it's amazing to see somebody come in who's already on Plaquenil and has been on Plaquenil for two years and has never, has never been suggested that they have an eye examination. Uh, Plaquenil uh, can certainly have its toxicity, methyltrexate, as uh, one of our colleagues, um, I don't know if anybody's met uh, Craig uh, Leonardi, but I remember Craig said eight, nine years ago uh, that when we use certain medications, we're always going to be certain, we're always going to be students. Open up that PDR, look at what we use. Methyltrexate is used quite commonly in a number of fields, and methyltrexate can work very, very well. But there are 11 or 12 black box warnings under methyltrexate. And it's something to be made aware of when you use something like methyltrexate. It's amazing to me that individuals will use methyltrexate and never ask for uh, LFTs. Uh, in our field, and remember, we're not practicing in any other fields. If you're ever brought up to a stand in, uh, in court, you're going to be asked, Basically, if something goes wrong, God forbid, were you practicing within the realm of the medication that you were treating? Uh, and if, if you're treating in the realm of rheumatology, which is not unusual uh, to have high levels of uh, methyltrexate given to some of the patients, um, and it's not really um, uh, in their field enforced about uh, liver biopsies, but it is in our field. And at least uh, after a patient has received, uh, and, and the guidelines have changed in the last uh, year or two, but uh, over 3,000 milligrams of methyltrexate, it should be recommended uh, that the person have a liver biopsy. Now, I have seen cases where actually the insurance companies have turned down liver biopsies, and you have to go fight for that. Um, again, we're all colleagues in all different fields, we're all in medicine, but the bottom line is some fields feel that we in dermatology are overly cautious about the liver. It's not so much the liver, which we can have problems with with some of these medications, but think about the pancytopenia that can develop with methyltrexate. So you need to be checking CBCs with differentials. Two patients I've seen in my lifetime, and that's all I ever want to see, 21 years ago, pass away of a horrible death, suffocation basically over a 24-hour period of time because of a rapidly onset of pulmonary fibrosis from methyltrexate. So again, it may be rare, but be familiar with the potential adverse events of using certain medications when you're treating some of these conditions. This young man presented with very pyritic, rapidly appearing papules on his neck, his trunk, and his upper thighs. Some were violaceous, some were hyperpigmented or brown, and he started with one larger violaceous plaque or patch, which you only see in 60 plus percent of individuals who present with this condition. This is PR, pityriasis rosea. It's self-limited. It usually lasts anywhere from six weeks to three months. We used to think 20-some years ago there was a viral entity. We do know now that the predominant um, viral entity is the human herpes virus type 7. It's a cell-mediated immune mechanism. Lifelong immunity is 98%. So 2% of these individuals. Um, has everybody seen Benjamin Buttons in here? Okay, well, some people haven't, so bottom line is 2% of these individuals uh, can get this condition more than once, so probably you know what I'm talking about in the movie. Um, paritis, very pyritic. I had this condition as well as all the other residents uh, in, uh, in our residency had PR. We are exposed to it much more than the general public. Uh, it's usually a viral upper respiratory tract infection or GI symptoms which patients can experience. I had a horrific uh, two months of severe pruritus. I just remember taking hydroxyzine and being a zombie for most of the day on the floor um, and uh, until it just, uh, it just uh, passed. Uh, the Herald patch, which you saw earlier, 70 to 80% of individuals 
uh, will present with the herald patch. If you ask them the question, did you see uh, a larger lesion develop before uh, the rapidly spreading lesions? Most will say yes. Lichenoid lesions or band-like inflammation is usually seen uh, in type 6 skin, blacks, on the trunk, proximal extremities, the planes uh, or cleavage parallel to the ribs in the typical Christmas tree pattern. In your differential, you need to consider tinea corporis, seborrheic dermatitis, psoriasis, uh, pleva, giannotti crosti syndrome, which uh, um, you need to be making sure that this individual with giannotti crosti syndrome uh, does not have hepatitis B. Medications such as captopril, arsenic, gold, isotretinoin, and D-penicillamine uh, usage uh, you need to consider in your differential. Um, in some cases, a lot of cases, no treatment is necessary in the sense if they're lucky and they don't have the paritis. Uh, UVB has been used successfully in a number of cases, suppressing the uh, release of histamine, suppressing the uh, inflammation, inflammatory cells. Uh, topical corticosteroids or even uh, systemic steroids such as uh, pregnisone, antihistamines uh, such as uh, hydroxyzine as well as uh, other medications, and it's been shown in some cases erythromycin. This individual presented, and I used to see this quite a bit uh, up at uh, Henry Ford or Wayne State uh, University Medical Center, the palms are involved with these scaly papules um, and plaques. And this is something you definitely see with uh, uh, this condition. This is somebody who was developing in the same condition multiple violaceous papules, which again, inflammatory and uh, pruritic. And there was a biopsy done uh, on an area, uh, which you can see, but this person here uh, certainly was in the contagious stage, and this is closer. Uh, an up-closer look at these violaceous papules and plaques with scaling. And this scaling, uh, certainly uh, you need to be aware in, in, uh, as far as uh, contagiousness of certain conditions. I highly recommend that we all um, wear gloves uh, when examining um, a patient in uh, certain areas. This is secondary syphilis. This is making a strong comeback in certain areas of the country. Uh, where I trained, there was a, uh, a small six-block area called Cass Corridor. It, it may be a little uh, smaller, a little longer now, but again, I was born and raised in Detroit, and uh, um, uh, that was 20-some years ago, but it had some great little restaurants that medical students used to go to. And uh, a, a um, Cleveland Clinic epidemiologist said that uh, in the Detroit area, when comparing certain uh, locations, such as the Cass Corridor area, it was one in 26 individuals that had tested positive or were positive for syphilis. And then the Gross Point area, which if people are familiar with Gross Point, that's Henry Ford country, and the auto magnets, it was one in 3,000. So uh, in some areas, uh, especially it's interesting to get some of the uh, epidemiologist maps, which you can Google now in certain areas and see, basically uh, where it's been reported uh, as far as the health departments was reported uh, as far as syphilis. But basically two to six months after the primary um, lesion is seen, two to ten weeks after the primary chancre uh, is seen on the patient, macules, papules, uh, annular or polycyclic lesions, uh, predominantly on blacks on the face is what you can see trunk, scalp, you can have patchy alopecia, that's something to certainly be aware of if you have multiple patches, palm and sole involvement, uh, I can't stress enough, anal genital region, uh, condylomalata, uh, and again the mouth uh, angle split papules, uh, which you need to be aware of. When patients complain of um, leg pain, you need to think of long bone periostitis, uh, inflammation in the tibia area, and also knee and ankle arthralgias. Uh, dark field examination, STS, serologic tests for syphilis are positive. Uh, FTA, ABS, fluorescent, treponema antibodies are 99% positive. You will see lymphocytic and plasmacytic dermal infiltrates and also spirochetes. If you see plasma cells in the specimen, you need to check an RPR. I can't stress that enough. 
differential diagnosis, consider drug eruptions, PR, pityriasis rosea, viral exanthems, tinea corporis, uh, scabies, and lichen planus. Uh, treatment changes all the time, but basically IM of penicillin, doxycycline has been the standard for many, many years. This individual presented with violaceous hypopigmented plaques on the lower back, as well as the extensor areas um, and the arms and legs and buttocks areas. And this is another individual of color, uh, more closer to type four, type five. You can see more of the erythematous, some slightly violaceous areas on the plaques. This is psoriasis. It's a chronic proliferative epidermal disease or disorder. Uh, the numbers are anywhere from three to nine million. Those numbers are actually increasing, 2% of the population in the U.S. There is a family history of at least a third of the patients. Histocompatibility, uh, antigens, HLA, CW6, B17, B27. Um, this is a fascinating condition. Um, there are many, many different ways of treating this condition. Uh, I'm fascinated with uh, the biologic uh, realm as well as other medications. We used to use quite a bit of vitamin D analogs when I was an intern, but if someone has generalized psoriasis, vitamin D analogs, uh, especially the older Dovonex, um, or just vitamin D analogs in general could be uh, irritating to a lot of patients. And if you write that order, BID, they're going to have that amount of medicine put on that body. And we used to, I used to report hypercalcemia, uh, which uh, you can have uh, with some of the vitamin D analogs. But uh, the, um, the interleukins, uh, which are uh, developing more and more, coming to the forefront, involved with psoriasis, uh, are fascinating that once you stop the release of some of these interleukins, how you can literally control uh, psoriasis. Now, as we all know, what's fascinating about this, what our primary care colleagues are fascinated by, are the comorbidities. It's amazing to see someone in remarkable shape running triathlons or marathons, and their primary can't figure out why their triglyceride level is over 1,000, or why they have diabetes. And you look at their body, and they may have two small plaques of psoriasis. So the comorbidities are very, very, there's a seven times increased chance of heart disease with psoriasis if it's not controlled, a three times increased chance of diabetes development. Uh, up to now, 60-some percent of individuals will develop uh, psoriatic arthritis unless it's controlled, uh, as well as dyslipidemia. There are different types, such as the plaque, gut tape, and I mentioned earlier that if you see a rapidly spreading uh, 24 to 48 hour flare of plaque psoriasis, you need to culture that patient and consider MRSA. Guttate psoriasis, uh, it, it's not so much uh, MRSA that we see. Pustular psoriasis can be a severe uh, condition of psoriasis where it could kill somebody. So be aware of that and be, uh, be quick in your treatment or recognition. Impetigo herpetiformis, uh, and there are other different types uh, of psoriasis. Again, I mentioned comorbidities. I stress this again, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, dyslipidemia, and psoriatic arthritis. Um, recent, uh, in the last uh, year, had a patient, ballerina. Um, she was in the ballet, she was 21. That was her dream. In the evening, she worked as a waitress, just like many people, uh, having second jobs, trying to make it. And she developed a painful, um, rapidly developing nodule, probably uh, the size of a golf ball next to her ankle that was growing. Um, and, and I stress, I, I tell this story because of the power of our words in this room, how we have to literally watch what we say because people hold on to every word. If you can imagine when you mention basal cell cancer, basal cell carcinoma, most people look at cancer. They're not listening to something else. This young lady was seen by her primary care physician and she was told because it was rapidly growing and that it was painful that uh, most likely it was a cancer and that she was going to be sent to the surgeon so that they could cut it out. 
Well, her parents called me and they said, Johnny, um, this may not be in your field, but she's terrified. Can you take a look at it? So uh, uh, Tara came in and I saw her and I asked uh, a few questions and I asked, do you have any other involvement on your body? And she said, well, I have this rash I just can't get rid of. And she raised her blouse and she had two plaques of psoriasis. She had psoriatic arthritis. They were getting ready to mutilate her foot over arthritis. She was started on one of the TNF inhibitors and within two months that nodule was gone and she was pain free. Uh, gut psoriasis, again, you need to look for increased levels of anti-streptolysin uh, titers, sudden onset. HIV, psoriasis. My brother-in-law is a fellowship-trained HIV specialist, uh, has a very large clinic in the Los Angeles area, and he is seeing more and more psoriasis as he reports to me. Uh, one thing that upsets him is that uh, some of the medications, which are very expensive, uh, he works very hard at getting the medications approved and less expensive for the patient, and he's seeing the shelves fill up, again, because patients are not coming in to pick up their medication. Um, because the patients are living 20, 25 years or longer and feel that they are over their condition. They no longer are HIV positive. Um, and I bring this up because of two reasons. One, psoriasis has uh, now gone from number five or six on the level of cutaneous conditions to the second most common cutaneous condition associated with HIV. Seborrheic dermatitis is number one. The rapid, and this is a question that uh, my brother-in-law informed me of, and I, I personally saw it at, at, at a, as a patient that came in, but the, the fastest growing um, population of, H, of contracting HIV in the United States is what group? Does anybody know? Right here? The elderly. That's exactly right. Um, the geriatric population. And uh, it's very sad to hear, um, I'm from a retirement community, and you know, some of our sun cities are like 20, 25,000 uh, strong, like you know, little cities. And to hear some of the men coming in talking about, yeah, I've got six, seven girlfriends, and uh, thinking that they can't pass on anything or contract anything. And so it's something uh, very much uh, we, we don't need to forget. I just mentioned uh, quickly about uh, biologic treatments, which uh, we uh, all see, and there are many, many more to come, but uh, Alephacept, Adalimumab, Etanercept, Infliximab, Ustekinumab, and Golimumab are all wonderful, and there are many more uh, to come. Uh, three to four day basal layer to surface, uh, turnover of the skin, scalp, extensor extremities, trunk, nails, where you'll see the violaceous deep blue plaques. Uh, stress, anxiety, alcohol, smoking, HIV, upper respiratory tract infections, uh, strep being the primary bacteria, sunburns. Uh, light certainly can help, but certainly uh, burns can set off psoriasis. Medications, such as I mentioned earlier about bipolar disease, lithium, non-steroidals, uh, beta blockers uh, have all been associated, as well as lymphoma and leukemia. Uh, there is a three to four times increased chance of developing lymphoma with this condition. In your differential, you need to think about lichen planus, PR, tinea versicolor, T corpus, and drug eruptions. Treatment for psoriasis are many, um, but uh, again, if you're not comfortable treating certain psoriatic conditions, bring in one of your colleagues uh, who is comfortable. Corticosteroids, topical or intralesionals, ultraviolet light, Vitamin D analogs, uh, tazerotene, which I, uh, I think works very well on nail psoriasis. Uh, coal tar, which can be very messy. If anybody's seen the Geckerman technique, uh, there's several centers in the country that still do it. Uh, Dr. Uh, Koo's lab up at UCSF uh, does Geckerman. I remember visiting a number of years ago, and it was like going into um, Animal, um, was it Animal House, uh, what was the, the movie, Animal House, is it? It was like everybody was in togas. And uh, everywhere you sat, every book you touched in the library, your hand slipped off. There was tar everywhere. As well as PUVA, acetretin, methotrexate, again, biologics, and cyclosporin. This person presented, which you see probably a lot, and this is secondary to trauma, pathogen condition, 
uh, an earring. And this was a hard, indurated, pyritic nodule on the posterior uh, lower uh, lobe of the, of, the, of the ear. This is another form of it. Uh, the crab-like coliform uh, plaques, serpiginous that you will see, um, which can come secondary to burns or again trauma. These are keloids where you have excessive connective tissue response to injury or uh, again it's a pathogy condition such as psoriasis and other conditions we see. You see this in the presternal area, shoulders, in other words, areas of tension. Uh, usually type 6 skin individuals will have it, but I do have a number of patients who are type 1 and type 2, as well as type 3, which could be uh, lighter skin uh, um, Latinos or Asians. So it can cover the gamut, but certainly it is seen in type 5, 6 skin. Uh, which are of African descent. Fibrous tissue accumulates, increased cellularity and fibroblasts, metabolic activity is increased where you see increased collagen. Increased type 1 and 6 collagen, you can see it's a familial prede uh, predilection. Um, also hyperpigmented, indurated, irregular nodules, and again the claw-like uh, plaques that you see. Individuals will use intralesional corticosteroid injections. Uh, it's been shown that um, imiquimod is shown to decrease uh, the growth of keloids in certain studies, pulse dye uh, laser, uh, cryosurgery, as well as radiation and uh, certain silicone gels. This individual showed up with, if I don't know if you can see, but some of these plaques uh, and patches are atrophic, and uh, they are hyper and hypopigmented. This individual has cicatricial alopecia, scarring, uh, with worsening of the condition, very smooth. You do not see any follicle uh, development. And this individual uh, had actually the story was to scratch the face uh, accidentally, and this started to grow, this atrophic plaque, violaceous. Again, that's inflammation, hypopigmented, uh, which was growing and also on the tip of her nose. This is chronic discoid lupus erythematosus. You'll see the scaling violaceous plaques, hypopigmented atrophic scars. Females, uh, individuals predominantly affected are females. Uh, black sunlight can worsen, and it's usually on the face and scalp. You will see epidermal atrophy, follicular plugging, basal layer liquefaction, degeneration, and a thickened thick basement uh, membrane. The lupus band tests, IgG, granular deposits, one to five percent can go from DLE to systemic lupus. So it's not that common to cross over. Differential, you need to consider actinic keratosis, plaque psoriasis, polymorphous light eruption, which is more common at this time of the year, and also the spring, and LP, like in planus. Treatment, sunscreen. The sun or UV is no friend to this individual. Local corticosteroids, antimalarials can work well, uh, as well as retinoids. You probably see patients come in with multiple pyritic violaceous papules and plaques in the nuchal scalp area. This is acne keloidalis nuke, curved hair shaft and follicle. You have dermal penetration, the follicular inflammation. Uh, the more that it's uh, the the more that it's uh, that it's messed with, the worse the condition uh, can can become. Um, Differential diagnosis, folliculitis, ingrown hairs, uh, keloids, uh, antibiotics if they're pustules and it's cultured. Again, I stress culturing it. Benzoyl peroxides have been used to help. Benzoyl peroxide, uh, there's still no uh, resistance uh, to some of the uh, um, antibiotic, uh, to some of the bacteria that we see, oral retinoids and corticosteroids. Uh, shaving avoidance. Uh, should be uh, where the hair uh, breaks or penetrates the skin. Mechanical extraction, excision, and radiotherapy has always uh, has been used for a long time. This little uh, tyke uh, came in. He looked miserable because he was miserable. And the parents were miserable because this little individual, this little child, was miserable at night because of the pruritus. And he continually had secondary infections. As you can see, the weeping on the cheek areas. You see the puffiness and the allergic shiners. You see the Morgan Denny's line or fold underneath the lower eyelids. 
and obviously from the chronic uh, inflammation, you can see the hyperpigmentation. And this individual had chronic, uh, this chronic condition. There was this shiny nature to the skin. Uh, it was rubbed and scratched so much that uh, now there was uh, scarring uh, alopecia in multiple different areas. And this individual had atopic dermatitis, both of these, pyritic, acute, subacute, and chronic inflammation. One study just came out showing that actually 90% of uh, babies, children under the age of two, will develop eczema. So uh, the one thing there was, I called it my, my southern tour about two years ago, but, uh, the, the uh, pediatric departments, University of South Carolina, Alabama, and Mississippi, um, and culturing all of these patients, each university said that when culturing each of these patients and uh, they were weeping, all three of these institutions found that, th that uh, these individuals, these children had MRSA. So that is on the rise in children with uh, out of control atopic dermatitis. Maternal smoking during pregnancy, lactation has an increased risk, 70% atopic family history with environmental influence. Uh, up to 80% continue intermittently uh, throughout life. There are immunologic abnormalities with increased serum IgE, decreased uh, cellular-mediated immunity response, slow PMN, and monocyte chemotaxis. You will see increased IgE, increased severity and uh, duration, 80%, and also uh, what could set off this condition are uh, different allergens, such as house dust mites, pterosporum ovale. Uh, in excessive T-cell stimulation and increased interleukins can be seen. Macrophages uh, secrete increased uh, levels of interleukin-10, uh, as well as other um, conditions associated. Again, what you need to consider, or what you see, um, are brown violaceous papules and plaques, primarily on, on blacks and darker Hispanics. Flexural area like kinification, treatment, a decreased excessive, uh, uh, treatment should be a decreased excessive bathing. I can't stand it when I hear um, that uh, a provider has told the family that, uh, that you can't bathe the child anymore um, or you can bathe them once every two weeks. Um, and that is quite common to still hear. Uh, and uh, decrease the stress. Stress certainly uh, can cause a rise uh, of flares of atopic dermatitis. Again, the tar compounds, short use of uh, topical or systemic uh, corticosteroids, uh, tacrolimus and phototherapy, as well as for severe cases, um, uh, cyclosporin. What you can see here is a hyperpigmented line, which you will see in the nail as well as under the nail, but what is important to take away from here is to look where the pigmentation goes, how far it goes, where it goes to, to make a determination about biopsying. Um, and as you see here, under the uh, toenail polish that was removed, the hyperpigmented area with some hyperpigmentation that you can see in the nail fold area, I would be a little bit more concerned and cons uh, consider biopsying uh, this uh, area, this is nail pigmentation, which you'll see in 50% of blacks, uh, melanonychia, linear hyperpigmented streaks, uh, trauma, ultraviolet light and aging can be associated, usually seen the thumb, index finger. Certain medications such as antimalarials, bleomycin, doxorubicin, as well as uh, other conditions such as Pooch-Jaeger's uh, and radiation uh, can be associated. When the nail fold involved is involved, this certainly warrants a biopsy. And this, I hope, again, is a fun part for the audience. I have a number of unknowns, and again, I have uh, money to give away. No, I'm sorry, my kids got to me, I have no more money. But uh, let's go with number one. Does anybody know what this is? Again, there's inflammation because of the violaceous plaques and papules you see on the face. Do you notice the distribution? What do I hear? Sarcoid would be in the differential. DLA would be in the differential, but this is SLE. This is systemic lupus erythematosus. Does anybody know what these violaceous 
papules, nodules, plaques are. What I hear? Hmm? Excuse me. LP should be in the differential. What else do I hear? Secondary syphilis certainly should be in the differential, especially if you see more scaling involved with these plaques. As you can see the excoriations, and you'll sit there and you'll talk to a patient and you'll ask them, do you, uh, have you been under a little anxiety, a little nervousness uh, going on, a little stress? Uh, do you scratch at night? And they say no, and they're scratching right in front of you. There you go, nodularis. Does anybody know what this is? And look at the whole picture. Not, excuse me? There you go. Palmate acne. You look at the hair. That wasn't a, that wasn't a, uh, a photographic error. That was the gel. And basically, this is called palmate acne. There are some erythematous areas there. Uh, a lot of patients will come in talking about scarring, but again, the hyperpigmented areas is not scarring. That's PIH, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Does anybody know what this is? Very good. I didn't have to mention anything about weakness of the shoulders. You know what this is called. Very good. Heliotropes. This individual had dermatomyositis. Excellent. Traction alopecia. This is permanent. It's been shown that some hair restoration uh, um, procedures can help, but as I tell a parent, if you are moving the child's uh, hair braid and the whole head is moving with it, it's too tight. So it's slowly ripping out uh, the follicles and damaging the follicles and the scarred in, and uh, this is what you will see. Does anybody know what this is? You usually will see this condition in um, another area of the body. It's very pyritic. Very good. Lichen, uh, I mean, lichen sclerosis edetrophicus. Does anybody know what this is? I heard the, I heard, the, I think I heard the first time. It's seborrheic dermatitis. Very good. Um, and the reason why, it's not just hypopigmented, but there's some scaling and you can see the raised edges of the periphery. So you, you can call this a plaque in some areas. And I compared it to this. Do you know what this is? Very good. This is P. elba, pityriasis elba. So this is where you can use a low-dose topical corticosteroid uh, for a week or two. Uh, certainly have the uh, skin moisturized better. But I just wanted to show the difference again. Uh, seborrheic dermatitis compared to pityriasis alba. Does anybody know what this is? Violaceous plaques. Very good. This is psoriasis. Violaceous plaques. And I heard inverse psoriasis. You certainly will see uh, intertriginous involvement. You'll see the plaque psoriasis. But as you can see, a lot of your referrals may be, does this person have mycosis fungoides? Do they have Kaposi um, uh, sarcoma? But this is psoriasis on a person of color. Does anybody know what this is? Very good. Lichenitidis. Very good. Right, there you go, braids, right. <laughs> but I was, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. That was good, I mean, I've done this lecture about 70 times, <laughs> that's the first time I heard braids. <laughs> but I wanted to show the shininess of the scalp. This is scarring. This is another picture of traction alopecia. This is a great case that your president, John Nilda Bartolo, had. John gets all the great cases. I think he tells the phone staff, send them anything that sounds like it's from Area 51. But this young man on the serious side did not want to come out of his house, was very, very depressed. And I saw this young man several times you know, with John, this is John's patient. John did a wonderful job at basically 
being determined at finding out what's going on. Multiple biopsies, certain labs, and basically, you know, you'll get a lot of gobbledygook sometimes, as I call it back from the pathology department. They're basically describing if they don't know what they're seeing. So we have to put it together. So the history here is a young Hispanic gentleman. He had multiple plaques, horns on the face. He was depressed and something needed to be done quick. After multiple treatments uh, by your president, John, this is how the young man looked. Basically, he had bacillary angiomatosis, and also it was questionable about did he have fogosilvarium, uh, which is basically a condition uh, in the pemphigus family from individuals in the Brazilian area or South American area. But this is how this young man looks, and I think John is still following him about three years is it three years later? I don't know if John's in here in the meeting. But three years later, and he's still clear. And on that note, thank you very much. I'm sorry. I thought I went too long. I'm sorry. I don't think the mic is on. Can someone help her with the mic? Is there a audio? Oh, so audio uh, audio is coming over now. So I'll come. I'll come back in just There's a second. What? Yes. The, all the mics are off. Okay. Hello. Uh, I have um, a would like some hints on women who of color who come in. Mainly, they're wanting the scarring from acne uh, dealt with. If you could help me with that. Sure. Benicia, I know helps, and just other things. Now, are we talking about more of the discoloration or, yeah. Um, there, there, there are a number of, of treatments that we use. I think hydroquinone has, has uh, received, I mean, it's inconclusive. They're coming out of some European studies about uh, some issues with hydroquinone. But, you know, I've had some very good success with uh, low-dose hydroquinone, anywhere from, like, say, 4 to 8%. Anything over 4% usually needs to be compounded, um, stabilized. I certainly have some good results with uh, lower uh, dosage of tazerotene. Um, and uh, basically, um, you know, it, it can cause uh, irritation. And I usually have patients back off instead of twice a day, uh, use it once a day. Um, certainly, it can affect the higher you go uh, with, say, hydroquinone, the more irritation. Uh, it can be in the area or surrounding area, and there's also a possibility of hypopigmentation developing in the surrounding area. Uh, you get the question many, many times, not because it's in the news all the time. Uh, you know, I don't want to use this medicine and lose my color. Uh, Michael Jackson situation, <laughs> I'll hear that all the time. And, uh, it's again, hydroquinone is not Benequin. Benequin destroys the pigment. Hy hydroquinone uh, can damage the pigment, but certainly uh, not destroy it like Benequin, irreversible. Uh, and again, just consider the uh, retinoids, topical retinoids. Oh, thank you. Sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. You, you know, I take it personal. You get, get, get this clear. They've been complaining about scarring. Uh, very upset, and then go out to uh, the beach or the beach or the desert in my area or the higher elevation of the mountains and snowboard and come back and bingo, there it is all over again. So SPF uh, of at least a 30, as you all probably know, after next year uh, you will be seeing uh, less if, uh, if uh, no SPF over 50 out there. Yes. For dissecting cellulitis, other than triple therapy or Accutane that hasn't been very successful, I know it has a predilection for African-American skin, but you know, you'll also see it in, in type 1, type 2, or type 3. But have you used any biologics, or what is your next go-to step? Yeah, very, very good question. Uh, yes, I have. You know, it's not uh, on label. Which one? Uh, <laughs> Remcade? Yeah, yeah I, I've used, yeah, the uh, TNF inhibitors. Uh, I've used um, 
two of the three as far as uh, etanercept, uh, adalimumab, uh, certainly um, also um, ustekinumab has shown some success. So uh, it's, it's a wonderful um, realm of treatment. Um, certainly I'm, I'm hoping uh, that uh, the companies, uh, which several of the companies are standing up to the plate, uh, and we have to um, definitely, uh, as I put it, uh, show that there are patients out there in need of these wonderful medications and these horrible uh, conditions. Hydradenitis serpertiva is another one I would certainly consider and has worked well uh, because if you send to the surgeons, uh, the first thing is uh, there's going to be major excisions uh, and trauma um, and also isotretinoin. Uh, certainly, it can help in some cases, but uh, it can be resistant, hydradenitis. Would you keep them on the antibiotics as well as the biologic or, no, you know, rifampin, clindamycin, mupirocin? Yeah, I've, I, found, I found good success with my patients' uh, monotherapy with biologic therapy. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks, please. Did you say to use Tazerac for nail psoriasis? Yeah, Tazeratine uh, gel uh, has worked well. Uh, in, in my patients over the years, uh, as well as other colleagues uh, I've talked to um, uh, for the nail psoriasis. Uh, the, obviously, uh, the dystrophic nails, the, uh, the, the pitting that goes on. And that's another fact, too, if, if people don't know, that when you see pitting of the nails, uh, that is a strong indication of psoriatic arthritis. What strength and dose do you use? Uh, I usually use 0.1%. Once a day? Uh, once a day. And I usually recommend that after they get out of the bath or shower, when the tissue obviously is uh, more um, receptive to uh, absorbing it. Thank you very much.